Southeast Radio's morning mix. I'm livid. I'm absolutely livid now at the minute. I'm shaking inside because the carry-on of those people who were trusting with our county in there was just disgraceful. There were people who were trying to talk in favour of the people of Rosser Harbour who were shouted down repeatedly and the chair allowed those people to shout it down repeatedly. Then the motion wasn't even allowed to be read by Ger Carty. It was thrown out straight away. I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how how this happened or why they even bothered to bring us in here and make us sit through that because it was a farce. That's really strong stuff. So you came here with what sort of hopes and aspirations today? Well, the minimum hope was that Councillor Carty would actually get to read out the people's motion. He didn't even get a chance to do that. It was thrown out before he even got to speak. And then other people were given the opportunity to speak before he was actually allowed to speak. And his hand was up multiple times, as was a lot of other people's in that meeting who were not called upon to speak through the chair. The same people got to say their part. And when others were getting to speak, they were shouted down. It's disgraceful. Disgraceful carry on. And what is your understanding of the reasons that the motions were not taken today? I think that the County Council realise that they have made a big mistake and they are terrified of facing the consequences of owning up to that mistake and ruling in favour of the people of Rossler Harbour. Look, at the end of the day, Rossler Harbour can't take any more people. Are you going to escalate the protest on the basis of this? Yes, we're going to have to. We're going to have to. And it's clearer than ever now that... The on-site protest, the 24-hour-a-day protest, has to continue because our only weapon at the minute is to delay, delay, delay. Once that building is still a building site, people can't be moved into it. After that in there, I have no confidence with anyone in any kind of power anymore in our country. And I certainly don't have any confidence in that letter that Roderick O'Gorman sent down to us. Keep us informed, will you? Keep the people informed. I will. How is Breda, by the way, the 88-year-old woman who's been doing four hours? Breda is downstairs with us at the minute. She's outside picketing again in the freezing cold. Breda is a legend in Rossler Harbour. I'll be down to have a chat with her in a second. Yeah, she's brilliant. And Breda and many more, many more like them. They're the people who are saving Rossler Harbour. It's the people on the ground, not the county council. Thank you, Niamh. Aidan McFadden, we spoke in a bitterly cold night just two days ago. What is your reaction to what you just heard? My immediate reaction is that we didn't and the councillors didn't get a fair hearing. Uh, I don't think the meeting was very well chaired. Can you understand the, the, the action taken by the top table that legally they, they just couldn't go forward with those motions? I think they used the legal advice to their advantage to thwart our campaign, to thwart Jair Carty's motion. That is my view. Tom Ford and Davy Hines both Sinn Féin councillors, both very irate here, and I can't let the moment go. You got very passionate there about not being given freedom of speech. Yeah, well, look, Alan, I think it's very important that every councillor, every member, is, is elected to Wexford County Council, and we all have a mandate to be here. We, sh- we should all be heard. I did have to make it clear to, to the meeting and to the Cairlock that I believe that everybody should have ample time to speak. I mean, I believe understanding orders that we're entitled to five minutes to speak on a, on a topic, and I mean, like, that's what we're here for today. We're here to discuss these issues and to give our point of view on it, whether it's our feeling on, on an issue or not, and I think that we should all be given that right to speak. The people of, of Rosslare have gone out of there absolutely bullying and frustrated, and they're going to escalate it. Davy Hines? Yeah, well, that actually, listen, in general, the meeting, we have a... Dis, uh, uh, they described the meeting as a shambles. Eh? Well, certainly, it left the cheering of the meeting left a lot to be desired, and we feel oftentimes that the... the, the 
the opposition, if you like to say it, doesn't get a fair hearing in that chair. We're being barracked and interrupted regularly. And I have to say I'm very disappointed with the way that meeting was conducted, even though I did agree with Councillor uh, MacDonald, her, her uh, motion, because it's a sensible notion and so on. We can only go at the end of the day on what we're told. Now, it's like everything else. We had two or three different legal advices. At the end of the day, we have to proceed with caution. But we're totally behind the people and the, and the need for a nursing home down there. They've done their bit in Rosslare in terms of helping people from war-torn countries and so on, you know. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councillor Lisa MacDonald, trying to exercise a little bit of calm here because passions are rolling very, very high. You put in a counter motion and it was accepted. Well, the motions were ruled out of order because they were illegal, Alan. I think yeah. that has to be made clear. You know, I did say this on your radio show last week and I was proven correct in the legal advice that the council obtained. Well, can you um, explain that to me about the, the motions being illegal? The, the fact of the matter is that as a result of successive planning tribunals, councillors do not have a role in the planning process and we are not allowed to interfere and to interfere in the planning process is unlawful and prohibited by law right now as i said last week uh, and as i said at the initial meeting if you recall uh, on the 12th of november we cannot interfere in the planning process the group down there took advice from um, Verona Murphy, who got advice from her friend Michael McDool, whom she's a good colleague of in the Oireachtas. He's not independent in any sense. It was unsolicited advice. It was advice that she sought, but it's not advice that the council sought. The councillors and the council got their own advice. So there was the councillor's advice was from Michael Anigan, solicitor in Kilkenny, who was very clear and. Um, clear and concise in his advice. The matter was unlawful. So I don't... I, you see, the problem here is, this is a subterfuge. This has been allowed to become the narrative. When in fact the narrative is that IPAS should not push a second centre into Rosslyn Harbour because it doesn't have the services to do to, to fulfil that role right. and because um, it has um, it, 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 it has done played its role. No, listen to yeah. me now, Alan. I'm yeah. sorry, you know, because no, hold on. This this deputy guy has gotten time and time on your radio show, right? And the fact is, she's the, the, that councillors have been. Um, subjected to an unbelievable amount of emails of me extra meetings etc 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 because she decided to do it right i want i am imploring and i have asked for it i don't know how many times please the people in rosslare harbour get back behind the original committee okay. bernie morlin and her committee and let them lead a unified approach and i would ask councillor carthy as the local councillor down there to do that Go back to that committee and, and stop this Verona yeah, show because it's not okay. worth it. And you've made that point very strongly. No, but you don't seem to want to allow me to make that no, point, Alan. And there seems to be some sort of a... Yeah. When, when anyone mentions Deputy Verona, everybody runs for the hills. Don't run for the hills. Yeah. This needs to be I a unified you, I approach. You, I think you accept she was challenged quite strongly only last week in the programme. Very strongly. I was allowed challenger on the programme, but she, she's allowed on your programme a lot and she gets an awful lot of airtime. And I am just everyone's making... Everyone's allowed on the yeah, programme. Yeah, well, thank you. And let me make and my point then. And you are allowed quite often as well. Let me make my point. 
if this is to be resolved, as Councillor Lawler said in the chamber, it has to be right. a unified approach. And we have okay. to get the people back to that. This person has been allowed on a solo run. And as a result of that, we have this, as you called it, shambles today. Today should never have happened. It was to do with putting pressure on the council. When in fact, Councillor Deputy Murphy should be doing what she should be doing, which is trying to amend the IPAS legislation in Dublin in the role that she was elected to do. We okay. have fulfilled our role today. But and was, we, we didn't really, like, this was a meeting that was called and put upon, right? But what we are asking the people to do now is please take pause, take a breath, right. uh, look at this rationally, because too much emotion has, has been allowed to be injected into this situation. Okay. We need to actually okay. take pause and think and realise where we're going with now, this. Now, I want to get two questions. I wasn't trying to cut across you, because I need to get these two questions into you. First of all, the people of Rossdale who I've spoken to, and there's one right behind me who's been a fantastic campaigner, and you and I both know, Sean Boyce, for Friends Absolutely. of Ukraine. But just to get the point across, why at 10 minutes to 3 was this advice issued to the councillors? Because the people outside, they believed that it was a shambles today, and that was one of the reasons. And then the second question I'd like to ask you is your counter motion, which I think is important to get out there. So first of all, what are your thoughts on the fact that the legal advice was only issued at 5 minutes to 3? Jerk Hardy and many of the councillors complained vehemently about the fact that they got it too late. Well, um, my understanding is that the chairman sought legal advice I think he saw it maybe yesterday or Friday or something like that. Remember, the, when was the letter brought in to, in to the council? I don't know, was it Thursday perhaps of last week, maybe Friday? Yeah. Um, so he got it as quickly as he could, as I understand it. Yeah. Um, the, the legal advice is very concise. It was out of order. But look, I was able to tell you that last week. It wasn't any news. They knew it was out of, out of order. They knew that. But they still wanted to have this meeting to put the pressure back on the councillors when, in fact, this is a government issue, a government decision, and the pressure needs to be put on the government. So what's your counter-motion, and will it carry teeth? Look, as I said to you, the role of the council has been limited years, year on year by central government. We don't have very many powers left at all, right? That's the first thing that people need to understand. So what I asked was for um, the, um, that we would acknowledge, I don't have the wording with me, but that we would acknowledge the role that Russell Harbour has played in um, housing um, migrants and refugees and that, um, that the Minister for Children would take into consideration that they should not put um, any further migrants or refugees into areas such as Rasselaer Harbour, which is overburdened okay. at the moment and does not have the services to house same. And as, Something to that effect. And, and there was a further a, amendment put to that then by Councillor but, And as a practising solicitor, where do you think we are now with all of this? Well, I would be hopeful that if we could get unity down in Rossler Harbour and we would see all move forward in the direction of what I have asked, that, that no one area, no one rural area in particular, is overburdened um, to take too many, well then, by definition, and it follows, that therefore there shouldn't be another IPAS centre in Rossler Harbour, which, in fairness, is what the people want. They want their nursing home. I don't know if that's possible, because it's a private matter, yeah. uh, and it's a commercial matter, yeah. um, and I don't know how we move forward on that, but certainly in relation to the housing of migrants and refugees, we need to understand that they do need to be housed, but I think an area that's already taken its fair share um, should be exempted going forward. You're always welcome on the radio. Thank you.
So all is quiet here. I'm outside now with Sean Boyce, who I've spoken on many occasions about looking after people coming in from the international community. Sean, you're bullying. Absolutely, Alan. Yeah, I suppose the first thing to say is I, I'm a bit ashamed, to be honest, as a Wexford man, to see that that's how we're governed. If that's how the councillors behave on a weekly basis, I, it was nothing short of disgraceful in the chamber there. I don't think the meeting was chaired very well. There was different speaking time given to people. Councillor Carty, who was one of the ones who campaigned for the meeting, was shouted down on several occasions, as was as was Pat Barden. And uh, I, I really was ashamed. It was it a was disgrace, really, to see how they behaved in there. We ended up with a, a counter motion from, from Councillor Lisa MacDonald, which I don't really think is, is very strong. I think the motion mentioned recognition of the people of Rosler Harbour and uh, you know that uh, Roger O'Gorman would give due consideration for everything that's been done well sure if he had given due consideration an I-Pass centre would never be on the cards in Rosler so everybody that spoke today said how strongly they supported the people of Rosler Harbour but we don't see that we really don't unity was asked for we're very unified on the picket line and on the protest from the age of 16 and 17 all the way up to the age of 88, 24-7. And we're going to be there. Now, I'm not a legal eagle. There was a lot of legal battles in there today. But I suppose the overall feeling coming out is disappointment. We thought we were coming here to get some sort of backing. And in fairness to uh, Councillor Frank Staples, he did push for some positivity for us. Another signatory to the letter uh, asking for the meeting. So disappointment. I am bullying. I've never seen behaviour like that before and I don't feel that we are being represented to the best of the councillor's ability. So what happens next now by your understanding? By my understanding now, we continue to protest. The section 5 that goes to onboard Planala, we will have to wait for that to be determined, which could take God knows how long, as we've been told many, many times. So we'll go back to the picket line. Tensions are running very, very high. I can sense it there now. Yeah, tensions. a good lashing with myself. Yeah, you are indeed, and that probably wasn't fair either, but tensions are running very, very high, and Councillor Carty spoke to, to the Chief Executive afterwards and told him that, and you know, we're worried. We, we don't trust government. You know, it was quoted in there today by Councillor Lawler that it would be a disgrace and probably would bring the government down if Roger O'Gorman reneged on his letter to James Brown. The lads on the site are saying that the contract has been signed long ago. And we don't trust Roger O'Gorman. We don't trust the government. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of trust lost in local government in there today, the way we've seen people behave tensions running high. Hopefully now we're going to link in with uh, the Chair of Wexford County Council, Councillor John Fleming. Good morning to you, John. Morning, Alan. Morning, listeners. Right, John. Uh, you are the Chair of Wexford County Council. I would like to start by responding, or asking you to respond to the points raised in that package following yesterday's special meeting of Wexford County Council. Oops. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, um, the meeting, I suppose, opened and... Um, I'm give a synopsis of what happened today, and then it came to the motions, uh, which I took uh, legal advice on. We got expert independent legal advice, uh, which uh, would have, uh, which meant we could not take the motions. So we had to rule them out of order. And I know that is very disappointing for the residents, but that's the law, and we have to stick by the law. And I think as a meeting is highly emotive, and there's always going to be very difficult to chair. But I take my role as chair very seriously, and I had to intervene times protect councillors and stop saying something that might bring litigation against them. Councillors could say something in the heat of a moment, real life planning, and leave themselves vulnerable to being sued. And, and as regards to the, the, the speaking and shouting, I can't stop pe- people sh- uh, shouting at each other. I try, and it's generally because I have a weak argument. 
I mean, councillors cannot make decisions on planning applications as simple as that. I mean, I, I could have closed the meeting down after Councillor Macdonald's motion, but I did not. I give everybody their say. Everybody spoke that had their hand up, and which I think is fair. And I think the people there from Rosclare Harbour deserve to hear councillors' point of view. And I, I think that's what I've done. And I, I feel sorry if, if someone feels differently. I had to intervene, actually, in a couple of occasions where councillors were starting to mention a life case for their protection and their benefit. Right. The, the, the special meeting was called to consider three motions regarding the proposed direct provision centre in Ross there. What exactly happened at yesterday's meeting? I, th- I, I think we've, we've heard the concerns of some of the residents in yeah. the area. I'd like you to outline exactly what happened to our Morning Mix listeners, please. Yeah, as regards to the three motions, we got the independent uh, legal advice. And I'll just read it for you, if you like, because it's very short. The, 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 back, back, the bottom last paragraph makes it clear. The proposed motions are seeking to direct the executive to do things that are statutorily prohibited by the Act of the Oireachtas and should not be preceded with the same as ultra virus. So we, we, we could not take the motions. We'd be putting ourselves in danger. We can't speak on live, 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 live planning applications. And we'd be putting ourselves in danger of litigation by a third party. And we just couldn't take them. All right. I mean, the councillors relied on advice provided by Paul Kylie Hogan, uh, Lanigan solicitors in Kilkenny, yes. and I understand it was received shortly before the meeting commenced. What was the nature of the advice, and did the councillors have sufficient time to consider it? Because certainly, sitting in the chamber beside Simon from the People Newspaper Group um, uh, and Dan Walsh, like I, I got the impression, and I really felt it that the councillors felt as if they were shortchanged here, that they weren't given ample time to read over this. Well, it's sort of almost the opposite, Alan, because when they looked for the emergency meeting, I rang the council straight away and said, get this meeting on. The people want it as soon as possible. I suppose you can blame me for that, for, for acting that way. I, I acted uh, uh, with the council to get that meeting on straight away. No point putting this out for weeks, get this meeting over. Uh, uh, people of Australia needed to hear it. So we had then had to look for legal, obviously, independent advice. I think it was last, some like last Friday. But, and, but a lot of work in going through all those motions. And go, I was waiting on that all day myself. I mean, I wanted to read through it that was right for the meeting as well. And I was getting it at the last minute. I only got one quick look over it. So, I mean, I was waiting on it too. And you know legals, they have to be perfectly worded and, and perfectly clear for, for clarity purposes. And that's what we wanted. And I mean, I would love to have got it the day before and I could have circulated it around, but I didn't get it. And, you know, it, it, it's a serious issue. And the legals have to be, have everything spot on as well. They're the law and they're the experts. And that's why we, we refer to them, Alan. Right. And that's those advice we have to take. If they tell us, uh, give us expert advice. We have to follow it because they are the experts in that field. It's like any, any anything or any any job. You take the expert in the field if you, if you haven't that knowledge. And uh, I I hadn't the knowledge. And uh, we refer to independent legal advice. I, I've been asked by a number of listeners to once again revisit your chairing of the meeting and severe criticism of you in the meeting and also the points raised by the two Sinn Féin councillors, Councillor Ford uh, and Councillor uh, Davy Hines as well, that you do not give fair play to the opposition party. So I've been asked to ask you to address that directly. What is your response to that? Are you putting well, your own party, uh, Fianna Fáil, or, or do you give fair play to the opposition parties? And that's been put to me to put to you by Morning mixed listeners yeah. this morning. Yes, yeah, no problem. Well, actually, Councillor Ford was in twice as, as regards uh, as regards speaking yesterday, and there were a lot of people wanted to come in. He was actually in twice. David Councillor Hines was in was in also. So they all spoke, and uh, I said to you, I could have closed down the meeting after the motion, but I didn't because we all deserve better that everybody was allowed to speak on it. And there was people shouting across the room, and and I can't if, if people misbehave, I can't I can't uh, stop them shouting across the room and usually if someone is shouting across the room it's because they have a weak argument no, no John I think you're missing the point the point is that the, the sense is that you're far more abrupt with the opposition parties than with your own party that is the main point 
Well, I would disagree with that. Well, that's your response to it. I'm, I'm, I'll let the listeners decide if they agree or disagree with you. I want to move on to another area now. What is confusing for many is that while the motions were submitted under Section 149 of the Local Government Act 2001, they were ruled out of order under Section 140 of the Act. And I heard Jerk Harty raise this issue, and he never got a chance to really flesh it out in full, and he will be joining me in the studio tomorrow to give his feedback on all that he's heard since we've had that meeting. But can you look at that one? So submitted under Section 149 of the Local Government Act, ruled out under Section 140 of the Act. Can you clarify this to our listeners? What does this mean? Well, I wouldn't be familiar with Section 149. I was on Section 140, Part 8. Uh, Tom Enright gave, gave a, a full synopsis of the whole meeting, of everything that went on. That's what I'd be familiar with. Yeah, but that doesn't answer the question, John. The question I don't know what Section 149 is, even. Right. I'm not illegal. I'm not, I'm not illegal. Well, well, neither am I, but I am going to follow up on it. And the question is, yes. uh, 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 the motions were subje- submitted under Section 149 of the Local Government Act, rejected under Section 140. Sorry. So, uh, I mean... You broke I up, think, sorry, Alan, you broke up me there, sorry. No, I'll repeat it again then. What's confusing for many is that while the motions were submitted under Section 149 of the Local Government Act 2001, they were ruled out of order under Section 140. Jerk Harty raised this point yesterday. He didn't get an answer. We're looking for an answer. Sir, I take it you'll be looking for an answer because this is a question that needs to be answered. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be familiar with section one. I'm not a legal expert in that field, Alan, and I didn't see it anywhere. I didn't. But do, you, do, you, do, you, do you not understand? Section, I, have, I have section one forty addressed there. Subject yeah, but do you not understand the point I'm making, John? Like that needs to be answered. That question needs to be answered. And you, as Cahir, look at Wexford County Council, oh. need to get that question answered. And so do oh, I. Yeah, right, yeah, I'm not. I would revert to the expert in the field for the answer, Alan. Well, will you revert to the expert in the field and get that answer first? Of course, I can. I can. I'll ask, I'll ask get this list of give advice. That's, and that's the that's point that Councillor Cardi tried to raise yesterday and it wasn't answered and we I don't have the answers but hopefully we will get the answer yeah yeah that's no problem whatsoever okay so that's a point that does need to be clarified Um, and let's move on to one or two other points before we round off our conversation we're speaking to the chair of Wexford County Council Councillor John Fleming on board Planola aims to make a decision on planning matters within 18 weeks which would mean that their decision will be made in late March is this in line with the council's expectations I would think so, but I wouldn't be sure. But Planola can take longer or, or shorter in, in regards to their answers. We don't get a definite date from them. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What have you just said to me there? Sorry, we don't get a, def- a, de- we don't get a definite date from our Planola of when they'll be, they will re- re- return back with answers. Do you not think the people of Rosslare are entitled to a definite date? Do you foresee, are you as a sitting councillor, uh, people standing around barrels with bricks, or not bricks, but coal and wood, etc., in the cold of winter, an 88-year-old woman like Breda, do you not think people like Breda deserve an answer? Oh, certainly, certainly, and as soon as possible. But who wants this situation to continue? I mean, what we want, in, and everybody knows, what we want in, in, in Ross Lair is a, is a nursing home. I think they have done their best as regards refugees, and I think the unfair distribution of refugees is a thing that should be looked at. Right. I think Ross Lair, because it goes down to services as well, Alan. If you haven't enough services either, it's not fair on the locals or not fair on anybody. It's not enough doctors, not enough schools, etc. So right. Ross Lair, the people of Ross Lair Harbour have done their bit. I thank you for coming on live with me this morning, John. But my final question to you is what options are now available to the people of Ross Lair? Well, uh, as far as I can see, we have to wait on an answer from on board and all that to, to see where, where we take it from there. But, I mean, we are fully in support of the people of Rosslare in, in regarding that. We'd love to see him getting a, a nursing home. love to see that happening. You know, it's something that should be delivered for him. They were expecting right. that uh, with open arms, and to have a change was awful. 
and I think that's what our case should be that they, they were they were they were expecting a nursing home and, and hopefully to God they'll get one. And if you and I know you listened to the package this morning and that was just a small snapshot of people I spoke to afterwards, but if what I broadcast this morning from the people who I spoke to is the feeling of the general body of people within the area, you have a serious impasse here. You have the position where you could have people, elderly people and people from all age groups uh, campaigning and protesting at the height of winter. And, and they, have t- they have stated quite clearly they're going to escalate this. How will you as a council and how will uh, County Wexford respond to oh. their concerns? How can you respond? Well, look at Alan. We have to keep following this up every 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 week. We have to just try and follow up this to get to bring it to a conclusion. And the people must be really frustrated. I know they must be quite annoyed and quite and quite frustrated with the whole process. I cannot really understand it, and and and, and I feel for him. Okay. So we have to keep pushing it as regards the council to see where we go from here and get to get answers from board and all as soon as possible. Well, thank you for joining me. But once again, I must, must emphasize one point, and that is, can you check out that question I put to oh, you? Oh, well, indeed. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, the motion submitted under Section 149, rejected under Section 140. Can you get clarification for that for us, please? I can indeed, I can indeed. Thank you for taking our call this morning. Good morning to you. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. 